1: Your hosts, Jordan Marshall and Mike Langsner.
2: All right, guys, so we're back again. It's Mastering Mitzvahs, episode 63, and we're doing it again. It's our Quarren Stream edition, and we've been doing it like this for the past couple weeks. I'm in the house again, uh, my house actually, with Mike Langsner and our incredible guest. Mike, why don't you give her the proper introduction, and uh, and we'll roll.
0: So Bryn from Pop Color Events uh, in Washington, D.C. area, Uh, We met you very recently but we hear you're a big fan of our show and uh, we're very excited to get to know you more and uh, this is kind of the uh, stage one of our introduction I guess you could say so uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your background.
1: Sure. So I have a background um, working both in events and in the Jewish community. Um, I started out working at a local synagogue here in Northern Virginia as their youth group director. Um, and I spent about five years there working with teens and tweens and really getting to know that demographic. Um, and after that, I got a certificate in event management from GW. I really love the planning and the logistics side of things. Um, and I spent a few years working in corporate events, but there wasn't the, the fun and the passion and the excitement uh, that you do get with special events. Um, so I found a job at another synagogue in um, D.C. this time where I handled uh, the meeting space there. And I saw firsthand how parents have no idea what they're doing when it comes to planning. And, you know, I, a parent took a chance on me, uh, helping them plan their child's mitzvah. And then, you know, from there, things would start snowballing and um, my business has built up over the last um, five and a half or so years. And sort of as a side to that, I know you talked with Heidi last week, um, but Heidi and I started um, a group for mid-sub professionals. Um, I actually started the Facebook group first, because um, when I was starting out, I was still getting to know different vendors and seeing who the um, best vendors were to, to network with, asking questions, and I didn't really see any groups out there that were doing that. And so I created the group, and um, Heidi was really active in there. She and I had connected um, as I was you know, going out and meeting uh, new uh, vendors, and helped me and mentored me, and um, decided that she wanted to host the first meetup. So uh, we joined forces. She became an admin. Um, you know, I helped her plan some of these meetups, and we've been doing them. Uh, quarterly in the DC market. And uh, since all this COVID craziness started, we've been doing them virtually online. And it's been great just continuing the networking and meeting people like yourself from uh, all and over the country uh, that are. Since you uh, did that,
0: the, the group has grown since you since COVID. You've got more interest nationally. The group I don't think you mentioned is called the Mitzvah Pros. Um, and it, it's not just for professionals. You don't have a Offshoot of it for uh, families planning too, I understand.
1: Uh, yeah, so the parents uh, we've just been doing uh, their uh, Zoom calls with them uh, just to keep them updated on industry news and what's going on. And um, you know as we build out a website, we'll have more resources for them there.
0: Got it. Uh- awesome. So we, we joined was it last week Jordan and we loved it I mean we yeah it was great meet a lot of great people and uh, some people we already knew some people we knew their names but didn't actually meet so it was really an awesome thing so uh, kudos to you and Heidi for starting this and putting it together yeah um, before we go too deep into today's podcast why don't you tell us a little bit about pop culture and I'm sorry pop color excuse me uh, which is such a cool name and uh, you know what it's all about
1: I was sure. like, don't
2: get me started on pop culture, Mike, because we'll be here for three, <laughs> no. three days.
1: Um, well, the pop color is just about adding that special pop of color to your events, that thing that makes your event special and feels just like your family. I really try to take a focus on families. See, on my website, uh, Family Focus Planning for your unique celebration. Um, each family has their own need, and I like to get to know my families on a really uh, personal level to make sure that I'm meeting their, their needs. Um
2: I mean, obviously, speaking of the color right here, I just love the site. The site completely pops. I mean, it it really grabs you. The pictures are awesome. Um, The layout's great. Love the site.
1: Thank you. Um, Yeah, so just adding that special pop that makes them, them, and makes me mean. That's that's what it's all about.
2: So And how long, I was going to say, really quick, how long have you been up and and doing pop color as as a whole?
1: uh, About five and a half years now.
2: Nice. That's great.
0: And roughly, like, how many events do you do? Like, some, we know some planners um, will do, you know, one a month big, and then some will take on, you know, a few a weekend. I mean, where where do you fall in this?
1: It totally depends. Um, I have two planners that uh, also take on events for me periodically. You know, I'm just one person. I can only be in one place at a time. Uh, so it's nice to have some other planners that I really trust who can um, – keep the brand standards really high and provide excellent service for my clients. Um, last year we did almost 20 events uh, and unfortunately 2020 will not be so, uh, <laughs> so big given that most of my events have rescheduled and it's just a big bummer. We were gearing up for a really another really big year and hoping that we could match or exceed the number of events we did last year.
2: That's awesome. Uh, Bryn, I was going to say, um, what would you, for all of our listeners, and obviously, you know, we want to be content-based and give as many nuggets as we mm-hmm. can to, you know, our clients that are planning. What would you say would be a great client for you? Like, if, you know, what would make me want to, you know, look up Pop Color? Like, how should I be like, okay, I got to call Bryn?
1: Um, well, I like uh, clients who like the details. They, um, they want their celebration to really feel like them and they're excited to get started and plan. Um, You know, they oftentimes kind of know what they want, but they don't really know how to make that happen. They don't Mm -hmm. know what's going to be the right vendors, and they're kind of feeling overwhelmed and not sure where to start. Um, and I can sort of help guide them and teach them through the process. Um, like you guys, I'm really big in education. Um, I've been writing a blog on my website, you know, since I first started that has a ton of information about, you know, everything you can imagine from how to, um, assign guests to tables, um, what you should look for in a DJ or an MC, um, all sorts of things like that. The blog, yes. Ask a planner. Um, And I also have a lot of uh, images from mitzvahs that I've I've done in the past, Um, open versus sign seating, um, just all sorts of different uh, things to to keep in mind while you're planning. You know, there's so many different details that uh, you need help with during and after the process. Um, Not everyone has money for a planner. I just like to make sure people have the information that they need to be successful at their
0: event and have a great time. So you know what, I, what you're going to find is that we we don't have a whole lot of planned direction in these podcasts, and we just start going in in you know wherever we feel. Um, open versus planned seating, I think, is actually a really interesting topic that I'd like to chat about for a second. Um, very popular in this area is the theory of a never-ending cocktail hour, and you know I used to be in catering years ago and people would often say i want to do this never in a cocktail hour or dinners are the best part of the party and you know my next question when i was in my catering world was okay if that's the case are you doing assigned seats you know or is it open seating and then if it's open seating the next part of it is um you know are you doing all of your formalities is there going to be a 30 minute candle lighting so right can you give some insight on that i mean like that's you know, for anyone who's listening, you know, uh, let, let's talk about that direction for a moment.
1: Sure. And I think with the COVID-19, a lot of things are out the window that um, were typical, you know, six months ago. So it's hard to know exactly what things are going to be like when we get back to closer to normal. Um, for some uh it seems like there will be more open seating and small tables so that guests are able to congregate a little bit of a distance from each other with just the members of their family. Um, so that seems like that might be something that's happening. Um, in normal times I find that most of my clients decide to do assigned tables for their adults and do some open lounge seating for their kids. Um, most of my families, they, they find that they just want their guests to know where they can park their butts uh, during the event that they have sort of a home base to right. come back to. And certainly I've done these more cocktail style events um, and they tend to be for families that have um, a lot of younger guests. You know, maybe most of the guests are coming or the age of the parents versus lots of grandparents or grandparents or age friends Um if you don't if you don't give grandma a place to sit she gets she can
0: get a little angry. <laughs> i i love this topic and we probably can make a whole episode on it uh, in the future but I, I love the topic and you you know you hit the nail on the head is what is covid mean to this and and people actually have to take a realistic thought in the future of are cocktail hours even going to look like cocktail hours yeah be viennese style desserts I, I mean uh right now the thought of going to an open spread of food and helping yourself in a room of 200 guests right you're shaking your head no way
1: Um, don't do it
0: right so i mean what will cocktail hours look like in the next three months six months year will it get back you know uh so so that in itself is definitely a interesting piece of the puzzle um and with the seating i always think it's complex like you know people do like to have a place to put their purse or put you know belongings of their you know their cell phones so I actually I was
2: going to say Mike too just to add on to what you're saying. I think now more than ever with what's going on obviously right now we're always like hey people aren't going to worry about sitting down, you know, like yeah, the seat's really just to put their their jacket, their stuff and then they're up. Now I think more than ever people are going to want to have an area for themselves that they know is their area and it's kind of designated away not away but proper distance from other people where this is my spot. So it's right. almost re- it's almost reversed.
1: Right. It
0: they, I'm sorry, Brenda, they, they, they also want to know who they're sitting with. Because, correct. If you sit me with a group of strangers now, I don't know who they are, where they've been, and it's crazy, but that's, uh, you know, another part of the thought. Dylan just chimed in here and said adult Ad- cubbies. Adult
2: cubbies, it's great. Put that in the roster. We'll sell it.
1: <laughs> and I've been seeing just looking overseas, there's a lot more of like plexiglass dividers between people, whether that's kids starting school or kind of in event images. I think we might start to see that, which, you know, it has its reasons for happening, but it just makes me feel kind of sad to feel so separate from the people that you're sitting right next to.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I just read before we got on here that Disney is uh, opening uh, mid-July in different stages. So I want to say that I think that's a really good thing for our industry. If Disney can open up and, you know, they're the leaders in everything that they do. So they're going to they're going to pave the path and show all of us the right way. Um, but, you know, the the hundreds of thousands of guests that they get, um, I want to say that that will allow us to open up smaller events much easier.
1: And I think we're going to see the return of the kid party and a separate, Sep- separate event yep. um, just to keep those numbers down.
2: I also think, too, the idea, I haven't figured out the big picture yet, but I think the silent disco aspect the headphones for everybody like and separating parties and stuff is, is going to be something huge that can really play a, a key part to the event as well, too.
0: It's uh, times are changing, yeah. but um, you know, Heidi, before we got on. Uh, on Thanks Heidi, Cindy. It's good. To see, it's good to hear from you too. <laughs> be, before we got online, you know, you were talking about trends in different cities and uh, you know, that trends don't always follow suit from one city to another. And, I want to say that even COVID will affect that because it's much more prevalent in some areas than others. So, where some states may be more social distance and may require masks, it might not be a reality in other states.
1: Absolutely. But you're also getting guests that are traveling, hopefully, to come to these events that are maybe coming from states that are um, a little bit more uh, affected by COVID. So whether or not those people choose to come or how comfortable that they feel after being in their their environment and going to a different state where the environment's totally different, you know, who who really knows how that's that's gonna go. Right. Um, I think we were we were talking a little bit about trends um, and how I think some of the trends now are just kind of out the window. Um, we see a lot in mitzvahs that people like to at least build on what they've already seen before at friends mitzvahs. And now we're sort of in our uncharted uh, territory where we're making up the game as they go along Um,
2: I mean I think it's creativity is definitely gonna be the big thing shout out to our partner company total entertainment Um, Mike brought to my attention last week they started to do a branded sanitation station so the actual station is hand sanitizers of all different smells flavors branded with the kids stuff on it so You know, like I said, I said this about a month or so ago. You know, we were back and forth with a conversation on do we embrace the the COVID trends, the mask, the sanitizer, like at events? And unfortunately, I think it's kind of like us being allowed to have a laugh with it a little bit. You know, it's not funny by any means. But at this point, I think we have to embrace all the things that are going on. And if you can make it work for your event, I'd run with it.
1: Absolutely. Um, And I think having the staff, wear masks and you know they're hopefully your staff and vendors are blending into the background a bit more right. so that your guests perhaps don't need to wear masks as much for, for the pictures. Um, I just noticed talking to some of my clients, they're like, are my pictures am I'm not gonna be able to tell who anyone is because half of their face is going to be covered in a mask. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have that kind of party. Which I totally get.
0: I, I find myself walking through stores and like I see somebody and I like smile but I'm realizing they can't see you. I'm a big Well, I, I mean, if you really wanted to get,
1: to get, yeah.
2: I mean, picture printed mask is masked, right? You get a photo, you put your picture of your face on your mask, and it's like you never left, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: I mean, you could really, you could really have some fun with
0: with stuff. So, somebody needs to make them so they're clear, so at least you could see. There you go. You know that that would be a a, a good way to go. So a friend in the industry put a very informal Facebook survey out and asked the question, if you were invited to an event in September, would you feel comfortable going? And I'm so glad that, uh, you know, she posted this. And I started reading all the comments. At least 90% of the comments said, yes, absolutely, I would go. Um, And that was, you know, somebody based in New Jersey. Um, A couple people said, you know, I would go but i would want to know you know are there a lot of out of town people or i would go if they're close to me you know close relatives but 90 percent of the people felt comfortable and you know that that's huge for us all to know i mean uh because we're all right now working on so many um what ifs you know we're we're guessing but uh you know again this wasn't a scientific study but you know put it out there it was interesting
1: that's interesting to know. Um, was that a lot of vendors or just friends? Like, I'm interested to know who the sample size was. I,
0: it was it was her Facebook friends. So, you know, she just posted on her Facebook wall, her personal, not a business page. And uh, the comments, I would guess, are friends, family members, and just acquaintances. Oh uh, and and there were probably, last I looked, maybe 30 comments, 40 comments at all. For the most part said, I'd be comfortable.
1: That's really uh, interesting, because just in hearing from my clients, They're so nervous to host. They don't want to do it. They're worried that people aren't going to want to travel and that the special people um, are going to feel so guilty that they have to come but are going to be worried the whole time and not feel able to celebrate.
2: Right. I know that also, too, the the back end for us on the the production angle is getting more tight-knit, too. So the front of the house, obviously, everybody's like, what do we do? But even like vendors. So, uh, Mike, I think it was last week we got that email of – We got a laundry list of venue, overall venue, and and uh, I guess vendor expectations going forward. So everything from, you know, obviously taking temperatures on everybody, everybody's crew members as they, you know, get to a property and are getting ready to execute an event, wiping down our gear literally when we get there in front of the staff, like every piece of gear getting sanitized. So it's... It's cool to see everybody kind of coming together and wanting to push forward. But I know for us on, on a professional angle, like, you know, now taking like on our end, like having to explain an even longer meet time, you know, I know for our meet times when we get together with our crew, it's like two, three hours out before the event. Now, if I have to wipe down every single piece of equipment in front of you, we're adding like, what, another two hours, an hour and a half onto mm-hmm. our onto our load. So like, it's... It's also going to be not so much just the development angle, but also like the the, the ability to execute is going to be a lot tougher, I think, for us as, as professionals, too.
1: Absolutely. Um, just thinking through also from um, getting all the vendors in, uh, you know, it, what does that mean for, for the clients in terms of uh, are they going to have to pay for extra time at the venue? Right. Um, are they going to have to pay you more because you have to pay your crew for a longer amount of time? And um, you know, there's a lot of chatter in uh, event planner circles about what the liability is in all of this. Um, people talking about signing uh, waivers, having their clients sign waivers that their vendors aren't going to be held liable if anyone gets sick at their event.
2: Right, God um, forbid. Yeah,
1: that that's something that's really scary to me, um, because the client, you know, it's ultimately the client's decision whether or not they want to host their event. And we're there to help them execute it to the best of their ability. Uh, But, you know, they're going to blame us if one of their guests, God forbid, becomes ill.
2: So really, really cool comment too here. I just came across my Facebook feed. Shout out to uh, Cindy from Simply Invitations, one of the pros here in the area that we're super close with. Cindy just said, you know, can't do such quick turnarounds, which is huge. Like all those doubles we were doing, like now flipping like quick where it's like, hey, just cranking one party out the door and bringing the next one in. That probably can't happen now, you know, like or as as easily as it would have happened in the past. So who knows about the doubles now, Mike? You know, like,
0: and a lot of time they're not even on us. It's it's on a venue that would have planned a one hour flip, which would have been totally doable in the past. But now, if they have to sanitize in between, they hardly had enough time to reshuffle chairs and put new centerpieces on. But now. If, everything has to get sanitized it's a whole different story and uh dan checking in from california uh what are you guys seeing in your market late uh, summer fall event being put moving to 2021 um and back updates and uh, jordan you want to touch on it
2: yeah so um i mean as far as us right now still it's funny because it's completely on the client so as much as we can advise or want to put you know our opinion into the mix a family is is obviously holding out to see you know where this thing is going to go as, as long as they're going to so um, unfortunately we are seeing that situation we are seeing people kind of push their dates back obviously to the to the 2021 realm um, some families i know that mike we have stuff in august that people haven't touched yet like they're still rolling with it like and I, right now like I, not that i'm i'm worried for it i just I, i'm curious to see how it's going to unfold like how like i don't even know I have no idea what's going what's gonna to well, happen. I really don't. I think there's uh,
0: two schools of thought, Jordan. I, I right. think there's there's people that are just very optimistic, and mm-hmm. there's also people that want to get it done. And, you know, they've waited true. all their – you know, the last 12, 13 years, they've been planning this thing basically, and they they want to celebrate, uh, you know. Um, post at what cost, though? You know,
1: like right. – I mean, I think we're seeing a lot of people doing their ceremony and wanting to have that celebration and you know that honor for their child and their family, um, and then figuring out where and when the actual party with people is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. We've definitely seen uh, the virtual um, service uh, and sort of a virtual hangout of some variety being really special and meaningful to these families. But part of, part of being Jewish, part of celebrating is, is eating and drinking and dancing together. Right. And it's really hard to, to make that happen, everyone in their own home in front of their own computer.
2: Agreed. And especially if they have a lot of moving pieces. I know that we have a client coming up in August um, that we're doing the party for them in the Bay Area. It's, it's on the West Coast in San Francisco. So, I mean, I know that they've, like, literally, Mike, what, like, two and a half years of, like, plane tickets and hotel reservations and making sure that everything was great with the planner and that we have all of our gear coming in from proper places. Like, there was so much... Work and development to produce that event. That I know that the family that I'm talking about probably doesn't want to move. That like it's been such a, you know, it, such an immense amount of work. That like you said, Mike, why would you want to get it? Like we want to do this thing, you know?
0: Right, right. It's a great comment, uh Brian, who's one of the photographers in our uh, in the Princeton area in Jersey. I miss shooting. I, that's yeah. such a like we all miss what we do. I, I you know, Brian, you were saying the same thing earlier and. We miss entertaining. We miss performing. I, a magician friend of mine was doing magic online the other day, and you know somebody commented, like, I can't wait to see you again. I, I mean, um, we all have a job that we love.
1: Yeah, and it's just my favorite part of mitzvahs is seeing all of the unique pieces come together on the event day and having the family just be so happy and so excited and have all the people that love them and that they love surrounding them. And...
0: Not the same. I know. So I, I want to move away from COVID for a second. I know it's it is on everybody's mind, but it's just it's all we ever talk about. So, Brand, I'm going to throw a question your way. um Of all of the events you either did or attended, do you have any favorites? Like any standout events or standout moments at an event that are notable and worth talking about?
1: Um, I think whenever the family does something that's really special and unique, um, I had a mother and son do a choreographed dance, which was awesome and hilarious, especially because they didn't tell dad that they were doing it. <laughs> and he was totally shocked. That's cool. Um, it was really fun. Um, and I think it's just those moments that make the event really special and feel like the family that's really personal, whether that's walking out to um, some sort of sports anthem. Um, and, uh, using like rally towels that, love um, that. Think is, meaningful.
2: is uh, there any, uh, you, to piggyback onto that, is there any sort of like, since you mentioned rally towels, I love that. Um, is there any sort of swag item or something cool that's maybe coming to the table that you're seeing that's cool or that people are, you know, jumping on that, that could be cool for upcoming events?
1: I mean, everyone's doing the branded masks now. Yep. <laughs> it always comes back to COVID. Oh, right. I wish it didn't, but um, you know, it's what's uh, what's relevant, what's in the moment, and branded masks are in the moment. Um, just making sure that the ones that you choose are actually going to be effective is important too. Right. Not a not a pretty covering, um, but you can do some really cool things with logos or you know funny sayings. Just you know, awesome. All comes together. Can all come together that way.
0: I, I- um, a huge believer in tying in a theme and, and taking it to the next level. Like to me, that's what separates parties and makes them memorable. You know, a, a sports themes are a dime a dozen, but when you take it to the next level, like the hockey theme party that we mentioned uh, several months ago, where they actually had a faux hockey rink in the uh, space and, and the kids were doing slap shots against a live goalie. Like that is a memorable item that 10 years from now, when the kids look back and say, You know, of all the parties I went to, you know, what what stands out, things like that. So, you know, to give advice to anybody who's planning, you know, come up with something that is just a real wow out of the box. Um, You know, a branded t shirts not going to do it. And, you know, referee shirts for the staff. It's cute, but that's not going to do it. Like what really stands out is unique. And I would say is a one off, you know, like, uh, you know, you're not going to see it again.
1: And I think some of that depends on the market um, because, you know, in New York where you guys are, people are doing these crazy things. And a lot of times my clients, they come to me saying, we don't want a New York style mitzvah. Mm-hmm. You know, we want it to be a little bit more low key, but we still want it to feel like us. Um,
2: so that's actually a cool topic. Brent. How do you take that question and and make it different? Because it sounds like they just want great music, great energy, and everybody have a good time. Absolutely.
1: So, and I think that's what anyone wants, no matter right. where the party is.
2: So, it's, how do you separate that?
1: It's just, Here's the, the key. Everyone says, not everyone, a lot of people say, I don't want a party that's totally over the top. But mm-hmm. over the top means different things to different people. So, it's really narrowing in on what over the top means. Because you can say you don't want an over the top party, but if you have um, your venue and it's the Four Seasons, you know, you're spending a lot of money on your party and you want your party to match the venue.
2: You don't really want to put pizza bagels at yeah. at, at the Four Seasons, you know?
1: Exactly. exactly.
2: <laughs> I mean, you could. I'd be happy. But
1: <laughs> But it's it's um, where people's budgets are and what they want to spend. And people want it to be a personalized experience that feels like their family. And that's really, you know, we talked about that at the beginning. But it's really getting to know the family and figuring right. out what those little touches are that are going to make it feel like them. Whether that's, you know, selecting a venue that is a little bit off the beaten path. Um, whether it's in their food selection um, or in a theme or not in a theme, if they don't want a theme, if that, you know, they aren't the, the baseball, soccer, gymnastics, ballet themed person, they want um, patterns and colors that really feel like them. I had um, a family where the son just always wore me on colors. He just uh-huh. felt the same. So, of course, those were the colors that we needed to incorporate into the party because it just felt like him. So I'm
0: I'm thinking to a couple, um, you know, we just shared a blog from uh, a year ago, almost a year ago this week, we did a barn mitzvah where it took place in a barn. Yeehaw. Um, Yes. But you know, our staff wore uh, cowboy boots. We wore jeans, denim shirts. Um, but what was cool about that was it was down to earth. Like, you know, Bryn you said families don't want to go over the top sometimes. This was very real to this family. They were a down-to-earth family. They were outdoorsy. Um, you know, we had Cornhole and Bago and, you know, games outdoors, uh, giant um, um, Jenga. It, was, it looked like a giant
2: country music festival. It was cool. Yeah. It was really cool.
0: So, you know, thinking about things like that, like you can – Think out of the box and make memorable parties. I, I mean, we've had plenty of parties that were in traditional venues, but they were denim and diamond themes. You know, hey, you don't have to get all dressed up and go buy a hundred dollar, you know, several hundred dollar dress for the night. Just wear something in your closet or uh, even, um, as, you know, we've done mitzvahs at day camps and, you know, everyone's in shorts and they're enjoying the day camp. Atmosphere. I want to see a pajama party, man.
2: I, I haven't seen fun. that. Did you? I want to see a pajama party mitzvah. I haven't seen that in a, in a minute. I think I did one like with the company I first worked with like many moons ago, but I haven't seen it in a minute. You did one, Brent?
1: I did one. Um, it was actually just the kids that came in. There. Okay. And it was very, um, it was more games based than mm-hmm. like, um, you know, Papa shot and video games and things like that, and dance floor based. Um, but one of the things that struck me about that one is that. It was very casual. The adults came in casual clothes. The kids came in pajamas. Right. People didn't dance as much. I think the vibe was so casual that it wasn't the same sort of party and dancing atmosphere.
2: Okay, that's fair. They were ready for bed. I get it. I
1: I had done the older son's uh, apartment, so This was the Mm -hmm. younger son. And the older son's mitzvah was totally dancing. Everyone was on the dance floor. Um, and I just think what you wear also really contributes to the the feeling and the mood of the party. And I okay. think that's well, hard said. To well said. Well said.
2: very well said. Um,
1: when they want to go with the outside the box, you know, jeans and jerseys, denim and diamonds, um, sort of thing. When people are dressed for a cocktail party, like they're ready for a cocktail party. Their their attire says says what they're ready for.
2: Love it. And uh, as we come up here on minute number 35, I know Mike's getting ready to kind of wrap it up, but uh, Bryn, before we go, a couple of things, I just wanted to see if, if there was anything, if there was one takeaway you could give to our listeners right now on, you know, maybe, you know, blowing the dust off the brain, You the COVID has got you down and like, you don't know where to start. What is a great takeaway for somebody looking to get back on the wagon and start to plan their mitzvah again, like right now?
1: I think talk to your family. I think talk to your mitzvah kid and- bring back the excitement and talk about what is going to feel right for your family in this particular unique unprecedented time that we're
0: mm-hmm.
1: in um, and having your kid's opinion and buy-in and all of it is, is so important in making them own that their party might be different than other parties they've experienced.
0: Awesome. Uh, Brent, I'm going to piggyback your, your pajama concept. Mm -hmm. And that might be a very real cool concept for now. Like if if dancing is of a concern, there you go, uh, maybe you have a venue that, you know, needs the social distance. They need to put tables and chairs on the dance floor. You know, does the family say, well, we can't dance. We don't want to do a party anymore. Or do they twist it into a positive and say, you know what? Let's have video games. Let's let the kids wear pajamas. Let's do something.
2: It could be you know, a movie night. We could play a couple a cool movie with some popcorn and whatever. Right. Yeah,
1: let's have different entertainment zones. Yep. Um, a Magician at one, and you know, video games at another, and you know, different an impersonator at another place where you can get your photo taken with you know Elvis or whoever.
2: Uh, who wants? Did- who wants to book this party?
0: Brian, Mike, and I are ready to produce We're one. Doing it. We got it. Let's go, Brian. You just said entertainment zones. I think that's how we should end today just talking about how cool of a concept that is though like i I, that terminology if it's not patented you should you should own that
1: i just came up with something brilliant is what you're telling
0: me yeah (laughs) you get get, get in the zone man
1: the entertainment
0: zone (laughs) using different rooms you know whether they're like breakout rooms in a hotel or different corners of the space there's ways to make different zones for awesome. different things. And Jordan, when you were talking about silent disco, mm-hmm. you know, you could do the different colors on the headphones for different zones of music. There are ways to really think out of the box. Kind or of-
2: you could bring the bracelets back in. Yeah.
1: And I mm-hmm. think our job as the planners is to help it, uh, to help our clients see that. Um, because again, people get in this mindset, they see what they've seen and they want that. Um, and thinking really outside the box, um, might be easier now that things are just totally different in the world, so that we can have some of these parties that really truly really are a very different um, setup than the party, both in the way that the room is set up and in how the happens.
0: Awesome. You know, I, I, I think what just happened in this last 30 minutes of this open conversation of you know, three industry professionals is exactly what people have to start thinking, is is you know work with creative people, work with professionals it's you know there's something to be said about it and in 30 minutes of just free-flowing conversation we, we got five things. new ideas That's <laughs> yeah. true
1: and, it's awesome and i'm going to put a little plug in there for mitzvah pros because this is the type of conversations that we're having every week um with different professionals from around the country and i think bringing people from different geographic areas together for a collaboration yeah. um, allows people to bring ideas from their market and share them with People who are in different markets where these ideas might be totally revolutionary, mind-blowing things. So, mitzvah, Pro, mitzvah pros, mitzvah motivation Monday, Mondays at four. Come to our Facebook group, and we'll get you the registration links for all of our vendors listening.
2: Awesome. And Bryn, can you drop your uh, your email and all the rest of your handles where people can find you sure. as well?
1: I'm at pop color events everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Pinterest. And um, you can email me if you have any questions or follow up on this at hello at popcolorevents. events, that's an S at the end.com. So, Excellent.
0: thank you
1: guys. This was awesome.
0: Yeah, it's great having you. Jordan, try to tie it up. Yeah, 63.
2: man. 63. It's in the bag. We did it again. Mastering Mitzvah is another awesome, awesome episode. Thank you so much, Bryn. We appreciate you. Bryn from Pop Color Events rocking and rolling with us this week. And uh, shout out to Heidi as well, too, uh, from last week. Uh, Bryn's, uh, they're a dynamic duo, Bryn and Heidi. They, They do the Batman and Robin thing like Mike and I do. So it's cool. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for coming on and, and giving your expertise to uh, all of our listeners. And again, guys, uh, make sure if this is your first time tuning into the cast, share it, like it, tell your friends about it. All things Bar and By Mitzvah each and every week. Jordan Marshall, Mike Langsner, and Dylan Weissman, who is behind the scenes, not with us this week, but shouting out our boy too. And uh, thanks again for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next week.